0: Um well friends and family here we are again it's now 2022 which definitely feels like a year out of a sci-fi dystopia film um but we're still alive we're still keeping it moving um and a it's good not friend ad- of mine t- oh a good friend of mine is here he's visiting me in Colombia he's just arrived from Europe And we're going to just get into a little bit of stuff We weren't going to do a podcast But we were having a good conversation We decided might as well record it First, you know what that sound is That means you are welcomed back Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Stories We are uh, Season 2 Still live from Columbia Very live from Columbia And, uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. So let's welcome our guest. I suggest he just stays anonymous like your, uh, your faithful host is, but that'll be up to him. Um, okay. Mr. European man. What do you want to do, buddy? You want to stay anonymous or you want to, um introduce yourself what do you want to decide later
1: uh anonymous sounds good
0: uh, anonymous sounds good um it's it's gonna be important in the future right on it could be we never know um yeah uh just for a visual reference i don't know if you all have seen that complete mind fuck of a film midsummer by the surprisingly brilliant production distribution film production distribution company a24 but this guy looks exactly like the guy that planted his human semen seed in the uh virgin uh cult lady uh inside the giant yellow pyramid about three quarters way through the film it's not a spoiler because the whole movie is freaking insane so the whole film was like whoa, whoa, whoa it's a cinematic experience i have to admit
1: i'm not very familiar with the film but-
0: um, I need to check it out. Is there a lot of <laughs> cults up in uh, the Scandinavian uh, hills, up in the yonder hills of Scandinavia? Cults? Cults. No,
1: no, I, I won't say anymore that much cults. is quite down to earth and like simplicity in mind and like people are quite rational, I would say.
0: People are, are done with cults?
1: More or less, yeah. They don't even like, subscribe
0: like, to like the COVID... Mask cult, right? And that's what you're yeah, saying? you just? Like, back I say like I
1: I haven't been too much around, but like,
0: what are you scraping over there? Sir? you haven't been too much where?
1: Uh, I haven't been, have haven't been during the COVID staying there because I was afraid that it's gonna be disaster, uh, in sense of like losing freedom.
0: But don't be scared, bro. Don't be scared. No. Where? where there is love fear shall never tread so if your heart is filled with love it shall never be filled with fear right yeah, that's wise words um <laughs> which country were you just visiting that had no mandates though like no restrictions no rules basically no covid what what state was that uh brazil no no it was a scandinavian country
1: uh finland so finland's physically finland basically, finland basically it's been possible to go to supermarkets and so on without the masks.
0: And no, the government not telling the businesses to close everything. I, I think they going. have been trying, but
1: we have. There, there has been such a strong like uh, uh, law of like that they haven't managed to break the basic laws.
0: So COVID did not break the basic laws of. As far as the I country, know, they I've haven't been.
1: changed those. Yet. Sounds chill.
0: Hey, well one uh, uh been one trying politicians have been one trying hard, uh, verified but. blue check of freedom for uh finland go finland socialism uh one point socialism
1: right yeah that's that's what i didn't expect really
0: one see. point socialism one point for socialism. zero points for capitalism because mm. america basically act like a quasi communist country during this whole process which is crazy because the virus literally came from China and the reaction to the virus has been a very sort of Chinese style government reaction of overreach, which is sort of interesting because, you know, the U S is based at least ideologically, relatively speaking on sort of rugged individualism, you know, freedom for the pursuit of happiness and like, you know, sort of this quasi like, like liberated chaos that allows people to sort of make their own way. Um that's something that really made America successful, was people from all over the world just going there and going for it. Um and now it doesn't really feel like that. Like it feels like Colombia, the country which we're now in, almost feels more American than America in that sense. Like this country seems like there's more freedom here and more sort of rugged individualism and people are just kinda of going for it. I feel it like
1: US has really changed their direction since since we turned to the 2000 century.
0: Like, bro yeah like what the heck happened it's almost like 9 11 happened like the twin towers hit and it was like the like dead man switch like the kill switch that like switched us into the simulated reality like the simulation yeah, game like yeah like life seemed real up until like 20 2001.
1: 2001 was like really big turning button
0: yeah, so, oh, which is crazy because September eleventh, two 2021 two thousand one was literally pretty much exactly two decades ago. Like, it's now basically January-ish. Uh, it's basically January 2022. So September 2021, which is like three months ago, and that was the 20th anniversary. And it was kind of weird. Like, it was kind of like, it kind of felt like how everything feels kind of right now, which is like nobody really cares enough to put that much thought into it like and this is a a, you know fairly broad generalization but i like to paint with a, a wide brush i feel like like it really made clear how little of a fuck most people give about anything like people's attention span are so short like we were at the uh we wandered in, this is how out of touch me and my buddy here uh, are from reality is that we wandered into like a, like this blood bank. Like there was this place that had like these blood sacks. What are they called? Those IV bags, intravenous bags that like hang on the metal hook. there was these beds and there was like this happy, like animated blow up blood drop lit balloon. Like, Hey, and I was like, oh, is this a, like a IV vitamin drip? Like, <laughs> hey, my blonde-haired friend from Europe. My blonde-haired Scandinavian buddy with matching Hawaiian shirts. Uh, does this this looks interesting? And I I talked to the lady, I'm like, so is this like IV drip, like where we get rehydrated? And then the lady's like, no this is a blood bank and we really need blood there's a Please major shortage blood. of blood i'm like holy fuck! how many people are bleeding out in this country like that's crazy and my buddy here apparently what's the blood type
1: ab plus
0: and, and what's the deal with that
1: uh as far as i understand like uh, ab plus blood type cannot be used by anybody any other blood type uh than people who has a b plus but uh, Uh, If you have AB plus, you can have any blood on your body, which has been useful.
0: So he can receive other people's blood fine. But basically, if people receive his blood in a transfusion, it's like can literally be fatal, can literally kill people. And already bloods are not supposed to be mixed. And so he's like, oh, I," and I was like, come on, man. We just got to donate a little bit of blood. And the lady's like, yes, one person. She was like, oh, you're a big man. One man blood like you can save three lives. And I'm like, fuck, we got to do this. And he's like, dude, I can't. I got this weird blood type. And the lady was like, we don't care. We're just going to mix all the bloods together. And I just, in that moment, sort of realized the freaking sheer like desperation of the situation. And it's like what's equally shocking to sort of the... Desperate, like chaos of despair that's exists for over 50% of the human species right now is that me saying that to you on this podcast, as shocking as it might sound right now, like you're like, Oh my God, like, Whoa, they need blood. And it's so desperate. Like it probably means nothing. That realization probably means nothing more to you than basically a little nugget of trivia that you might sp- speak around a dinner table over like you know a salmon poached salmon with hollandaise sauce and a you know good good chardonnay like like you know like people don't really fucking seem to care like i was recently in an africa and i was like wandering through the desert long story uh it ended up with me being actually arrested in ethiopia and on suspicion of being a secret spy for the illuminati i was like what the illuminati is this a real charge like who's in control of this country like what does that even mean the illuminati like anyways point being I was i was on this trek through this desert through kenya and there's like these two little kids that were fucking wearing nothing except for like like a little part of a burlap it looked like a part of a burlap sack like in you know, like a big coffee bag like that little like a little cutout that was just like barely covering their little peepees and like they were obviously, like, completely, like, bloated from, you know, parasites, like, stu- intestinal worms that were bloating their stomachs, and they were obviously starving, and their lips were cracked, and there was little flies landing in their eyeballs, Whoa. and they were too, they were, like, too, like, crushed of all will to even, like, fight the flies from sucking the what little fluids they had left out of their eyeballs, and, like, some guy drove by in an SUV and, like, speeding and dusk and, like, threw out a bottle of water these two kids. And it wasn't even a full bottle. It was, like, a quarter of a bottle of water, like, a few sips. And the kids, like, fought over it. And, like, their little quarter bottle of water, like, fell into the sand. And I'm like, uh and I've told a couple people the story. And they're like, wow, that's horrible. And then it's like, all right, well, what's for dinner? Like, what? <laughs> so... It yeah, seems like apparent. It's at kind this of like an es-
1: era of escapism of like negative.
0: Total escapism. Like, like, like let's just put on a fucking Marky marquee, uh, Marky Zuckerberger's little face mask and, uh, you know, blast off into the metaverse of intangibility and unaccountability. Like, <laughs> what? Like... <laughs> you'll spend 20 grand on a freaking like fucking bunny fucking emoji in the metaverse, but you won't spend $20 to like donate a charity. Like, and I've noticed this is like increasingly getting worse. Like the chasm is not just getting worse in like tangible real world, like financial and idealistic divide, but it's also like getting worse in the fact that people care less and less about the actual real world and more and more about these like escapism, fucking simulation worlds and sort of the september 11th 2021 the 20-year anniversary sort of sort of really like remind me that and like over the past few days like i'm starting to notice things that are like increasingly giving me concern and yet like i'm sure nobody cares like the defense department for my country the us like announced that they're offering like a 50,000 us dollar sign in but the, like the article was this not an exaggeration like those I of you I that know me read the article, like, you're reading the article mentally, yeah yeah well, like. right so like verbatim basically and I you know that I don't exaggerate. I say shocking true facts that sound absurd and sensationalist, but they're actually real. Can you read the opening like headline, like just the first sentence uh, about the rush to like get uh, enlistees? Is it on there or not? If not, it doesn't no, matter. No, no. All right. So basically, it's just like the U.S. military is offering a forty to fifty thousand dollars sign-up bonus if you can enlist immediately and be shipped out with to training within the next 90 days. And if you can go in the next 15 days or right now, we'll give you an extra bonus. And, and like, first of all, this is weird because there's never been a rush like this to get military soldiers trained and combat ready. But also because anytime there's a push to get sort of military, it's usually for like a specific area. It's like, Oh, satellite, experts or right. like people in certain scientific fields that are really intelligent that, you know, the defense department wants to recruit. This was like infantry soldiers. I'm like, inf what? <laughs> like what's the rush to get a bunch of new infantry soldiers? Like that that's like, a little that weird, sounds like a war. <laughs> and then the announcement today was, uh, I believe the Pentagon or the air force may announce today. The say, they're looking how to rearrange their agenda to get fighter planes to Taiwan as soon as possible, and I'm like, "Wait, Taiwan? Taiwan? Oh yeah, buddy, Taiwan! You know that country that China says is his own, and how China is." Have you actually ever watched like a Baidu.com map? Like it's a Chinese
1: vision about the world map and their borders, and it's like very China-centered. And they have actually like uh, made the borders in the in the south china sea and they're like exactly like they where have where like where part where of malaysia part it's of like where malaysia goes all the way and like philippines and like on the coastline
0: <laughs> they want that good seafood dude <laughs> right right they're, you know the chinese they, they
1: have actually built these islands like uh oh yeah
0: that the islands are actually this is a true fact it's uh the largest military installations ever built on planet earth right right I'm just wrong oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a, a doesn't sound like islands. That's that
0: big of a deal. China's just building and they're one of the only economies that actually benefited from the pandemic. So, like, okay, let me get this straight. So, this virus, most likely, now we're finally, you know, I mean, you guys remember me saying this like over a year ago, and I was doing research and I had access to information. You guys were like, uh, well, now you know that it's most likely, they say up to a 95% chance statistically based on the facts that exist that this virus came from a lab, came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology with funding from the National Institute of Health, which you can see the funding on the national government website.
1: Yeah, I think that's the most <laughs> most likely scenario. So
0: here's this bio... This. Biogenetically altered virus that's been released into the world, either intentionally or not intentionally, and it's caused complete havoc. Like just to the US economy alone, it's been the most destructive financial event in the history of the United States. And the US as a response, instead of tightening up security and looking at effective measures and prevention and bada, the US response was. Let's print like $6 trillion. Let's print almost half of the money that's already in system. Well, if you know anything about basic economics when and supply and demand, when you put twice the amount of currency, when you double the amount of currency in economy, what does it do to the value of that currency? Double weights. <laughs> like statistically, mathematically, by 50%. And people are like, oh, gas prices are up, food prices are up. No, dude dollar is down but the good thing about the dollar is it's still like the strongest like if dollar goes down everything goes down it's not like people can go to something else right i I think i think
1: huge currencies will survive like but huge smaller smaller country currencies like argentinian peso that's 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 gone
0: bro i was just in argentina i actually talked about this on an, an episode uh like last month. Oh, and I apologize. I know I used to do a lot of episodes. I don't really that much. It's just I'm doing life stuff and I have a new book coming out next month. And it's just like, I' just been like kind of busy and, and moving around. But yeah, I did this whole thing on the Argentinian peso and the devaluation of the peso and the debt that they owe the IMF and how trying to tighten sort of financial yeah. measures through overreaching government controls in that country have also, have not just devalued the peso on the on the on the white market, so like on the, the bank international banking market have devalued it in the past four years. It's gone from seventeen pesos to the US one US dollar to seventeen pesos, Argentine pesos to a hundred and one Argentinian pesos to the US dollar. And the government like is trying to control their citizens from getting US dollars. Like Argentina citizens are only allowed to make Two hundred dollars. Receive two hundred dollars a month, even if they have like a brother or a sister or a parent or a child in the U.S. making dollars, they're only allowed to receive two hundred dollars in Argentina. So, because of that cap on dollars and the worthlessness of the peso and the massive devaluation, has created this whole black market where you get two hundred and ten pesos for a U.S. dollar. So, this currency in the past four to five years, basically like lost 90% of the value it went from being 20 pesos to the dollar to 210 pesos to the US dollar so regardless of what's happening with inflation in the US these other economies are fucking suffering
1: and like Man. what happens normally in this kind of cases is like normal people uh, with the low salary who suffers the most of the effects and rich people who have like offshore accounts just get richer <laughs>
0: Bro, most 2021 was the most profitable year on record for Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Mark Zuckerberg, which brings me to the question. And I've been thinking about this, lately. I'm like, okay. Like there's three of the, there's three of them. There's Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, and Jeff Bezos. So I don't know exactly what and there's Bill Gates. Which I don't know which is which. Like in the sense of the context of the question, but basically each one of them is either superhero or supervillain you know what i mean like they're all one. they're definitely one or the other they definitely have both characteristics i think elon musk is the superhero jeff bezos is the super as the supervillain
1: yeah well I'll, we'll <laughs> see like i i i am a bit afraid of, of like uh one person having too much power and like the way that Elon Musk is like building his company right now which is a lot of good progress like electric cars and so on but like he's already like having such a massive amount of computation power and the most developed AI in the existence.
0: Well, and, uh, and he's simultaneously basically warning how AI is going to take over humanity. He's like it's kind of like the, the like research on on gain of function and the coronavirus research at the Woodson Institute of Virology about like doing research and tests on how coronaviruses can j- jump from one species to another. It's kind of like that, how like it's like creating the very thing that you're claiming to want to prevent from being created by using that logic to create it it's sort of like Elon Musk's same th- sort of philosophy. It's like, we need to prevent AI from... Te- but he doesn't say prevent. It's weird how he works. He's like, AI is going to take over <laughs> and the human species is threatened and I'm creating the most advanced AI system. It's like, whoa, wait a second. So you're basically... So maybe he is the supervillain. Right. We'll, we'll see. Later. At the same time, though, like I wonder if it was a really airtight program that worked really well if it might not just be more fair than most human beings, like it might be better having a, a machine learning algorithm that's programmed correctly running our systems instead of human beings that are susceptible I, I, to, you know, sure. all the be like flaws of corruption and greed and anger, you know?
1: Right. And hopefully more love. Um... But yeah, like uh um, amount of like dollar printed I I have like a supply statistics of M2. It's basically since 2010 uh money has been printed. Uh there is two times more dollars in, in the circulation than in, in ten years. So basically governments have made you in ten years two times more poor.
0: Uh When was the last time there was any sort of like? When was the last time that much money was like put into the U.S. economy? Like when one hundred percent of the current, uh, if the current cash in circulation was infused in the economy, like when was the last time like the, the the amount of money in circulation doubled in the U.S. or in another country? Is there like a historical example of that?
1: Uh, maybe maybe like in Germany in, what is this like Weimar's Weimar's Republic back in nineteen thirty, yeah. which caused like Mark completely collapse. Uh Jeez, really? Yeah, yeah. And and actually like if you if you if you put uh Bitcoin uh related to dollar and <laughs> you compare that to what happened in Germany back in the day, uh the, it it looks quite similar.
0: Oh, like it, uh, in cool. the in the way where from the first perspective, it looks like Bitcoin is like going up massively, and there's vi- and there's a lot of volatility volatility in the market. And in reality, it's basically just the volatility and the deflationary power of the U.S. dollar. Like it's sort of like Bitcoin is to the U.S. dollar in 2022. Uh, what the U.S. dollar was to the German franc? Yeah, yeah. In the 1930s, right? Exactly. exactly. And that led to Bitcoin, or that led to, and in the 1930s, do you know, like, the basic, like, I've got a really short attention span, and I'm sure a lot of us do. Like, can you summarize in a quick, couple quick, couple quick sentences? Like, so. what exactly that led to? Uh, In Germany, like what the the short term, not even the long term, because no one gives a heck about so so. What was the short term effects of that?
1: So after first World War, nine the the amount of uh, marks grown like uh, from basically one mark to to one billion paper marks, the same value, and that caused like a massive recession and. Depression in the country that eventually led uh, right wing, right wing uprise and events of the Second World War.
0: Wait, did you just say the value of the German franc? Was it known as the franc or the mark? Uh, paper mark. Yeah, it was the mark. So you're saying the value of the German mark, basically pre-war and post-war. Uh, yeah, World like- War One, right?
1: World well, like Nine War I, like
0: The to value uh, went from basically, quote unquote, say one mark to the dollar to one billion marks to the dollar. Yeah. What? <laughs> now, you know what's interesting about that is, like, if you look at the economic effects, and, I mean, it's still reverberating, but if you look at the short term and relatively long term effects of COVID on the economy. Um yeah, make sure you the mic goes kind of over you don't have to turn it off, but like, yeah, if you're gonna go do something, make sure you sit there so it doesn't have too much background noise. Um, if you look at sort of the uh, financial and just financial, we don't really need to look at the social, political, you know, environmental effects, but even if you just look at this the the financial effects of what Covid has uh, the financial effects of what effects of what Covid has had the financial effects that Covid has had on the specifically U.S. economy and the I mean uh, greater part of the world as well, but specifically U.S. economy. Those financial effects are very similar to what the economic effects are of a post-war state economy. So in a way it kind of was a war. And I mean, I kind of mentioned this before, but I just think it's a really important point that people are overlooking. Um, Like bio warfare is, I would educatingly and informally argue is the most effective form of warfare. If you look at sort of the different forms of warfare, if you look at conventional warfare, bio warfare, cyber warfare, psychological warfare, you know, psyops, psychological ops, uh political warfare, information warfare, you know, in the different sort of fields of, you know, you know, uh, you know, metaphorical and literal uh, you know, stages of play. Like bio warfare is the, definitely the biggest bang for your buck. Like when Genghis Khan this is like kind of one of the first well-documented cases of bio-warfare. When Genghis Khan and his you know, roving gang of, of Mongols were just you know, raping and pillaging, I mean, they did, I guess, apparently some good stuff too, quote-unquote, but anyways, they are essentially raping and pillaging their near and distant neighbors. The first incident of bio-warfare occurred when they took plague-infested bodies and launched them over the walls of their enemies. Now, this gave everybody on the other side plague, and literally cost the Mongols zero dollars. And I know it wasn't dollars, it was over the Mongol freaking shekel or whatever. Cost the Mongols zero dollars for that. All they had to do is literally take dead bodies and fling them over well. Uh, A more applicable and recent example is what the Spaniards did to the continent of South America which we're on right now. The Spaniards showed up. They couldn't beat the indigenous people in combat they just couldn't do it i mean you know it's very rare that uh, a foreign invading army even to this day is able to successively uh you know uh terminate uh you know a local guerrilla army it's just it just doesn't work yeah, it's it hasn't definitely, it didn't it's work in vietnam just... didn't work in Afghanistan. you know it just doesn't work right and this is not a knock to american imperialism i mean the russia's freaking fled afghanistan with their tail between their legs just like the, you know, the US did. So this isn't a knock on, you know, the you know, strength of America's imperial empire. This is, this is just a fact of existence. So when you look at that aspect, the way that the Spanish were able to successfully beat the indigenous peoples of South America was through disease, right? Yeah, Come and it's
1: like three quarters of population died on, on, of on, disease, of disease. And then
0: the one quarter that was left, the 25% of was left, Like probably a lot of them were weak, sick, disorganized. Because you got to understand, it's not just a population losing 75%, but what happens to the structure and system of existence in play, right? It's not just, okay, everything has a quarter amount of people and everything operates at a quarter percent or at at 25% efficiency, right? Right. It's basically like entire supply chains break down, entire, uh, you know, Uh, existing structures that were needed to support those societies break down it's not just like okay we lose you know one quarter of the farmers and you know one quarter of the you know soldiers like no no it's not equal it's like there's pockets of important parts of a supply chain and a systematic chain that needed for you know whatever civilization is to function that go missing and creates the catalyst for the collapse it's like similar to like what I guess the mostly the British and also the Spanish, basically the white people, European colonizers that came into the Northern America did to the Native Americans, and the example I want to specifically make there is sort of like what happened with the buffalo. It was like the Americans basically hunted the buffalo. I shouldn't say Americans. The the, the Europeans that arrived to you know North America hunted the buffalo, and by destroying the last buffalo that sort of took a big important like structural part of the native americans existence away and with that and obviously of course the massive amount of you know smallpox and other viruses, disease that you know came with it that created what was left of the native american empire to crumble so when you look at like those are just three very effective very obvious examples of biowarfare You introduce a pathogen, a virus, you know, a foreign agent into a society, a group of people, and some people die, a lot of people get weak, and the structural system that exists that supports those targeted cultures and societies and civilizations breaks down. So now, let's go to 2001, right? 2001? 2001, sorry. Let's go to 2000, 2001, (laughs) 9-11, no, we've... Let's go to 2021, 2022, which right now, if you look, a lot of our supply chains broke down. A lot of the systems of governments, government that exist in, and I'm specifically talking in the US, but in a lot of part of the world as well, but the US is a big target. Like China's got its sights on us. So that's why I'm using that as an example for this. And the virus came from China. So this is like a very specific example of how biowarfare works. Like it's okay. a massive economic warfare. Right. Well, it's, it's economic warfare that's enabled through like biological, uh, by, through a biological catalyst. So by biological assault. So basically, and the, like the, like the evil ingeniousness of it is that the United States, Barack Obama banned gain of function research, during his second term in office because he obviously saw the insanity and risk of basically creating the something under the guise of creating a thing to prevent that thing from being created. He was like, well, let's just not create it. So it was banned in the US to study and do research and experiments in regards to gain of function, which specifically in this case, what we're referring to is the cross species, the, the cross species transmission of diseases uh, viruses um so basically he banned it and then through the eco health alliance and again this is not comes from conspiracy we all know this is true now you can literally go to the national institute of health dot gov which is the government website for the national institute of health and search eco health alliance funding wuhan lab wuhan institute of virology and you'll see that they gave about set, they gave approximately 7.4 million dollars in 2017, 2018, 2019. It was like late 2017 till early 2019 to study coronaviruses and how they can jump from animals to humans, okay? So then the virus comes out and you know we can discuss whether it's intentional or a mistake But I don't want to get distracted, so let me just wrap up this point. So then the virus comes out, and the genius thing that this is, evil genius thing, whether intentional or not, the fact that China used America's own money (laughs) to create this fucking altered, biologically engineered virus, and then that very virus... That the u.s funded as a way of trying to prevent that virus then traveled to the united states and wreaked absolute havoc on the u.s economy and we can start and it's not just on the economy but it's like the trust that people have like the issue with this is that okay now COVID sucks okay i've had it twice almost everyone i know has that twice i think everyone's had the quote-unquote Omicron, even though no one really knows if it was Omicron, but we all pretty much feel like we had Omicron in the past few months, which is also kind of like unifying. Like everyone's like, yeah, I had it. I had, you know, like we're all kind of connected and it's the same sort of way that like everybody in the world is basically getting the same pharmaceutical recipe injected. Like there's never been anything like that too, where this many people simultaneously got injected with the same pharmaceutical chemicals. Like that's kind of weird. It's like if everyone basically, yeah, by the right. company
1: that, like, I think Pfizer is one of the biggest biggest uh, vaccine producers and Pfizer, quite quite massive criminal I mean, history, actually.
0: Yeah, like, I don't want to go down the Pfizer rabbit hole, but just Google, uh, you don't have to do that now. I'm just saying people that are listening. And this is pretty much common knowledge. I was saying this before and people were like, yeah, right, it's not true. And I'm like, again, uh, like, go to the Department of Justice, which is the United States' leading... Uh, basically, um, court, court system organization. In the United States Department of Justice is a pretty big deal. I've been there. It's cool. It's like a powerful, cool, strong building. It's a pillar of you know, enforcing of the laws and regulations. Okay, you can go to the Department of Justice, and again, this is not like a CNN.com or you know YouTube. This is Department of Justice, and you can look up the Pfizer case where it states very clearly in the first few paragraphs how Pfizer was found guilty of the largest case of fraud. It was the largest criminal case in the history of the United States. Largest criminal case in the history of the United States was the very company, and it was for fraudulent behavior and misrepresentation.
1: Yeah, I think it was like fined by $2.3 With. i think which, it was
0: way more than that you yep. could tell me the, you can go to department of justice or just google Pfizer lawsuit settlement amount if you want basically you're telling me that the company that was basically found guilty in the highest like the highest system of 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 law in the united states which is the most powerful country of laws in the world, the very same company that was found guilty of the largest financial fine fine in the history of the world was for fraud, was for deceiving people. And that that same company we're just supposed to trust.
1: Yeah. With yeah and, then, and then like reason reason was fraudulent marketing.
0: Fraudulent so. marketing. Okay, so now we're really getting we're we're getting really close to how all this is going to tie into the beginning of what we were talking about with the state of affairs that we currently find ourselves in. So okay, so you have this company that obviously can't really be trusted fully. Like you could say, okay, they might be a good company, and you know this vaccine could be totally fine long term, but. You can just as easily, if not even easier, look at the evidence, right? Like, it's kind of like, imagine a person named Pfizer. Hey, it's uh, Pfizer Johnson. And you meet Pfizer and you're hanging out. And then your buddy's like, yo, Pfizer Johnson just stole $1,000 from my sock drawer. And you're like, that was fucked up. What Pfizer, what the fuck? And then next week, Pfizer's at your house. And Pfizer's like, uh, can I uh, fix your sock drawer? And you're like, fix my fucking socks drawer. And you have a $1,000. More than $1,000. You have your health in that sock drawer, your, your life. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you can trust me to fix the sock drawer. And you've got your $1,000 in your sock drawer. Are you going to, like, let Pfizer come into your house and open the sock drawer? And this is not, again, don't fucking give me the slanderous term of anti-vax. I've had every single vax that was ever required of me in my entire life. All of them, every vax. Yeah, vaccination
1: is, is overall it's good, but right. like this massive scale is a bit sketchy. And you
0: know how many boosters I needed for those vaccines? Zero. Zero. Um, so yeah. So basically, now how we're getting to it. Now, Pfizer puts out this quote-unquote experimental vaccine that they just happen to be developing. And if you actually, you can Google this too. You can research this if you want. If you can't find it on Google, look up DuckDuckGo. Find real sites. edu sites. Dot gov sites. Sometimes gov sites. I mean, always gov sites. Sometimes com sites. And look up this. Look up National Institute of Health. Institute of Health f- funds Pfizer to study coronavirus vaccines. And you'll see that they gave Pfizer approximately $1.5 billion the same year and maybe even the same month, definitely the same year that they funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology to study coronaviruses. Whoa. (laughs) This is pure facts. I actually didn't know about that. So then you're like, all right, okay, Pfizer, like this is getting weird, right? But you're like, okay, Pfizer, is Pfizer even an American company or are they German? Mm. We look at Pfizer headquarters. Is it is Pfizer? German or are they even American?
1: It's uh, almost. What is it? Say? American multinational pharmaceutical. Hey, alright,
0: <laughs> USA. So then you're like, all right, Pfizer. You know, especially from an American perspective, you're like, all right, Pfizer. Like, you kind of screwed us in the past, but we've all got a history, and this virus is weird. And I'm American, and they're American, so right. Like, maybe this is fucking cool. And then you're like. Alright, well, can I at least like read the back of the bottle to see the ingredients like I would any product like buy a box of cookies at the store, you're gonna read the ingredients? But like especially when I read the ingredients on like a experimental <laughs> vaccine that's in pharmaceutically that injected to you. And they're like And no quarantines. And they're like, uh actually um that's court. that's been sealed um and doesn't have to be released for 70 years. you know like What? Like, if we can't, like, what? (laughs) So you guys were just, like, a few years ago, hit with the largest fine in the history of criminal courts in the Department of Justice of the United States. And now you've got this magical vaccine that's a complete mystery. And they're like, yeah, oh, and you cannot sue us. We're completely released and not accountable for any legal liability from any negative side effects. Okay, that is <laughs> weird, okay? So now you've got a situation where basically there was a court order issued like last week or month that Pfizer has to release all of their data within eight months. Really? Yeah. That sounds interesting. And that's why you're seeing less about COVID in the news and sort of less about restrictions because it's like whoa like we gotta pull it back and so basically the the general point of this is this seemed like one of the last massive like cash grabs like the liquidity in the markets is drying up and basically the u.s government printed a bunch of money to fund to Stimulate the economy, and then Pfizer basically got a bunch of that money back, right? Like the the vaccines are free, and it's like the vaccines aren't free. We're paying as taxpayers. We're paying fifty percent. We're paying twenty dollars a dose for these things. It's the most pop. It's the most profitable drug these companies have ever made. Especially if you have to take
1: it like every three months, or or oh yeah, it was supposed to be like good. Six,
0: five, four. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking (laughs) Chile is on their fourth. Shot of the ComiVax, the Sinovax, They're on their fourth dose. Apparently, the Sinovax is only like 16% effective. So, look like the point. I guess I'm trying to say is that the way this is escalated and the sort of the sense of disregard and lack of any sort of real, tangible, emotional and/or intellectual response from people is really like got me feeling that we're like in a point in our collective history I mean every point is a point in our collective history that we never had but this one seems extremely pivotal. pivotal it's like people are disattached from their feelings the world feels like it's definitely not ending but going to some craziness shift China's moving extremely aggressively the pandemic's never really gonna be that over there's you know it's just a fucking crazy time but it's also very liberating because it's also like well I'm, like i don't know if i care either like <laughs> all right like maybe i'll just get all the vax. i'll just get one of each i get the Sputnik v from russia and the Sputnik 5 and sinovax and a, a pfizer for patriotism and moderna because it's new and j and jake is like you have the, like the
1: one the same always booster shots with the same same vaccine from the same producer why and like, all those vaccines are actually made different ways, like, like there's like three or yeah, four you gotta different... Yeah, you gotta
0: balance it out. But right. the World Health Organization, just kidding, you don't really do that. The World Health Organization actually just came out, like, last week and said that mixing vaccines is not an effective way to prevent COVID. <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, a week before that, the CDC was saying, get mixed the vaccines if you want, like... What the fuck is... Go- like, really? Like, what the hell is going on? No one's got any answers. Everyone just got theories. Like, you know it's a strange time when the most truth and the the most amount of facts and the least amount of censorship you can find on the internet is like in literally the conspiracy subreddit on Reddit. Like, <laughs> everywhere else people's getting ba- people are getting banned and there's like a bunch of misinformation. And actually... The conspiracy subreddit is a source of really good true information. And I'm like, holy shoot, like am yeah, I just like just some, need the fact check. Am right. I like that crazy old expat American guy that's like kind of strange and just moves to like a third like a South America and like move gets a house like in the you know the, the jungle and just like is like ah like is that what I'm becoming? I mean, is there anything I'm saying that's false? Like everything I'm saying is true, so like I mean, you seem kind of like a normal dude, other than looking like the guy that, <laughs> pregnates the, virgin, <laughs> cult woman in the Scandinavian film Midsummer. Yeah, yeah for for, for,
1: for sure, we live like really interesting timeline right now. Like, like it's it's like straight from the movies of like uh, Twelve Monkeys, for example. Like, where, where, where the whole human population dies because of vaccine that like gets out of hand and like. Uh, develops and develops, uh, but yeah, we will definitely see, like, like interesting events, and I, I it's, yeah, it's amazing, <laughs> in a way, uh, but yeah, just one thing that I wanted to say, was, like, uh, Elon Musk just recently, like, in the end of the last year was asking Twitter about.
0: Wait, uh, superhero, or super
1: <laughs> That's the question. So it was asked like uh, about the next uh, recession, like what would he say? Like when is the next uh, recession? And his estimation was spring, summer twenty twenty two.
0: The next what? The next, <laughs> the next reset system. Re- the next? Re- recession. Next recession. Recession. Yeah. Spring of twenty twenty two. Yeah. That's like next month,
1: uh, but not later than twenty twenty three. Like his estimation. Oh, uh, historically, he's always a little bit uh, fast ahead with estimations, but like yeah. So, but it happens quite
0: fast when the when the collapse so comes. I'm gonna give a really like brief, like ADD, like quick general synopsis of how that's gonna happen. Really. Really basic, because I'm not going to get into the details of the economic system too much. Basically, what's happening is going to be a big squeeze. It's going to be a squeeze. It's going to be the big squeeze where basically the amount of liquidity in the market, the amount of money that people are investing in and things they are buying, is going to be drastically reduced because people are going to be saving their money because they're unsure about the financial future, and they don't really care about buying a bunch of stuff. So money is going to be... And there's kind of like a, a sense where people don't really want to buy that much. Like, people don't really go shopping for random stuff anymore these days. Like, the malls are kind of empty and it's very, like, people just don't really buy a lot. Like, they buy some things on Amazon because it's easy, but they're not like aggressively buying things. So, basically, what happens is people buy less, and that's buy less. That's everything from new toasters to new houses. Like, people just buy less things. So, that reduces the amount of money that exists in circulation. And at the same time, the prices for things increase because more money was printed, right? Twice as much money was, you know, is in circulation as 10 years ago, but that money is not being spent. So inflation still happens because the dollars are there. So the value of the dollar decreases, which means prices go up like, you know, gasoline that you see lately and food prices and blah, blah, blah. So prices increase, but the amount of money in circulation decreases and they squeeze together ones going down ones go up and they meet right in this crucial point that basically causes a very restricted economy and that is basically uh basically what's 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 going to happen um which you know i mean that's like why it's like look just spend time with people you love you know, don't stress out too much about anything. Fucking, you know, live your life. If you know me in real life, a lot of you do. You know, I'm a real person. Come to Columbia. Let's hang out. It's all goody. Um, you know, people here are, are pretty chill. Um, things are really inexpensive. Uh, the air is ultra clean. You know, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it and it's like you know like what what the heck right it feels like we're like on this ship and we're just like broadcasting from like a pirate radio station like out on this ship or on this island like if you're out there if, you, if you're if you out there if you're getting this message we are still alive we, we exist you can find us here we have food and water you know what I mean like people are gonna join this fucking metaverse zombie apocalypse I, I, I thing think escapism will grow more and more uh, like like it uh, just looks weird dude like people wearing those masks it looks weird bro yeah
1: for sure for sure
0: uh yeah it's, it's def- definitely like the
1: really interesting timeline to be alive and um a uh, lot of things has happened that i could have never expected like if if somebody asked me how the world would have looked uh 20 years ahead uh, In the end of the ninth is like
0: um kind of kind of hard to say really though, (sighs) like like really though because this all seems extremely predictable to me like i'm just waiting to like see like actual footage of real aliens coming out of the space shop like at this point because like we had everything we had the pandemic we had like we have like virtual reality world like this is all basically if you watched every sci-fi movie from like 1985 to like 2004, it's like the only thing that happened hasn't happened yet is fucking aliens haven't you know arrived to earth and Sig- sigorna weavers stomach and then burst it out and started eating people's faces. That's right. basically it. Everything else has pretty much happened, dude. And well, by the way, they just happened to release the department. There was, it? I think it was the DOD Department of Defense just like a few months ago, basically said that UFOs are real and they just changed the term UFO unidentified flying object to UAF unidentified aerial phenomenon UAP. Like and did a whole like thousand page report that was like, yep, basically we see UFOs UAPs. Every single day, and we don't know what they are, and we don't have any, addif- different, any additional information on them, but they're unidentified and they exist. And it was sort of like the same conclusion of like, so can you prove that COVID came from the well lab? Well, we don't have any evidence that it did. And it's like, uh, like massive Chinese cover, obviously, if you like look at the data on that, like it's obviously. It's the same thing as basically like the DOD Department of Defense being like, it's like, so are these UFOs extraterrestrials? Welp, we've got no evidence that they are. It's like, yeah, because we don't have any fucking info on these things and they're flying around every single day. So I'm just waiting for them to park their spaceship and like get out and be like, what's up? What's popping? Like, Hey guys, you seem a little stressed out. Things seem a little chaotic. You need some help from a super advanced uh, extraterrestrial species or what? I definitely think there's definitely, I definitely think there's like different sort of extraterrestrials with like different sort of personalities. Just like there's like different humans, but like some humans like suck, right? Some people are like not cool and some like people are stupid and other people are like really cool or like friendly or nice or sense of human or really serious, right? Like humans are a diverse collection of life forms, right? We're, we're strange. So I think like it's pretty much like that. I don't think every alien abducts people and you know anally probes them for you know biometric data. Like I'm pretty sure that like there's probably some pretty cool aliens too. They're just like, oh man, oh look at hey, it's a human dude. Hey, what's up, bro? You know what I mean? Right, right. And that's pretty much the only thing that could happen where I'd be like, whoa. But even if that happened, I would again like this kind of like. Uh, we're pretty much wrapping up because we're pretty much kind of like have gone full circle and brought it back around which I love doing is again like I don't even think people would react that much like like people don't really care like attention span is really short they're completely detached from human emotions like you go out everyone's got their neck crooked down and that's you know you're a, a really gifted programmer you know what I mean and you're really deep in like computers are actually you know, computers are like your livelihood. Like you know a lot about computing and you like, you truly make a living off that. It's not like you make a living off your computer because you have 5,000, you know, a few thousand Instagram followers and you, you know, think you're fucking the shit. Like you legitimately make your living off of IT, information technology. Yeah, yeah, cool. So you know the importance and the value of the internet and computing Right? And you're like, okay, I get it. And Brayson, at the same time, when we went out today, you weren't stuck on your fucking phone, staring at some bullshit, scrolling through like a clone. You were like, I'm out with my bro. We're out here living life. I'll do my work when I'm doing my work. And it's sort of like, right? Like, because you see that difference and you probably see the value in real reality and base reality because, you know, you have the perspective of doing all that time work. And it's basically like, dude, if people are out there fucking brain draining themselves on a fucking computer screen and they're not doing it to literally make a living or literally make a positive difference or like do something phenomenal, like, then they're fucking like, like they're it's so stupid. You see them and they're stuck on the phone the guy. and you sometimes peek over at their screen. and They're not doing shit.
1: No, it's the way, like, waste of attention, basically, I would say. And then like, we are in this era of like attention economy uh, where like you should actually value your attention and think about like where do you, where do you invest it.
0: Right. So right. And I think an important part of that is, that, you know, for those people that are not completely lost yet, like for those people out there that you know, kind of are balancing between these both these worlds and still have a lot of ambition and a decent amount of energy and focus, I think a really important piece of advice is, you know, for them to, when they are doing things online, to have them have it be something productive. Like if you're, you know, like the way with you and your programming is like, okay, you're, when you're online, you're always working on something. Right? For the most right. part. I mean, right. You know, occasionally, right. Uh, right? But in general, you're always working on something. It's relatively the same way with me. I'm, I kind of slip in a little bit because I'll kind of sometimes go down the happens r- easily. <laughs> like distraction. But basically, like, in general, it's like, you know, I do my work, especially like, you know, I've published a bunch of books. Like, I can't say the name of the books on this, my own podcast because then I'll dox myself, right, on the podcast because people are like, oh, well, oh, this is the author of these books. i published a lot of successful books and it's like. Whenever I finish a book after like, you know, a month or two of post-production editing for my, but it's like, I just fucking put the phone down and I just go out. And I think that's so important. Like really, it's really important to ideally once a week, right? Like break it down into like once a month, once a day, once a week, once a year, once a month, once a day, once a week, like once a week, once a day. It's like once a day, at least take like an hour, at least take one hour where you don't even have your phone, you put your phone down, and because they're extremely addictive, and that's been proven through the chemical reactions that they uh, they create, you know, create um, in our in our minds. Basically, because they're so different, just take the phone, put it down. Good time is like lunch, right? Because it's like you know a little bit after morning, you know, like you know, put the phone and walk to lunch. You know, take that twenty minute walk to the local restaurant. Take that time. To make food. and don't even bring the phone, don't even like bring the phone to listen to podcast or music. Just leave the phone. like don't have it touching your body. And that hour a day will keep you relatively connected to your 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 true self and the external existence of reality around us. And you know, once a week, you know, like have a day where you spend like half a day, like a few hours, like a Saturday evening. Completely disconnected, spend a few hours, go to the park. Uh,
1: or or one, one trick is also like what I try to do is like I try to uh, set myself limit of a screen time uh, and try to do those things that I want to be do, doing and, and like planning things ahead, planning my screen time.
0: you find that by limiting the screen time, it uh, unintentionally creates a distraction because part of your mental process is spent on thinking about the amount of screen time or you just set an uh, alarm an alert and forget about it
1: um well i think it helps like uh to keep the focus because your mind can't really focus that many hours anyways in a day uh, and you start sleeping and being less effective so 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 it's it improves your improves your uh efficiency on
0: it actually allows you to really focus more. Right, right. And you have that more, more that time spent outside. outside. Time. Uh, yeah, more, more your brain functions Dude, better. speaking of focus, like what I just realized the other day, like I was like, why are my book sales down? Like when I first started putting out books, it was like people were buying, like it was like it was cool. Like why are my books down? Like I know more people, I'm more popular, or like you know, more stuff, and I like realized it's like most people don't really read books. Read like they're like really short blips but that's what's really freaking cool about podcasts and especially not just listening to a podcast but especially like like being involved in creating a podcast or being on a podcast because it's like one it motivates you to be focused and attentive to a conversation because you you realize it's not a waste of time because it's something that's going into the like collective ledger of of this epoch in our existence this moment of time in our existence like okay this is there and exists sort of like a you know a, a freaking a hashtag on a on the blockchain it's like a like an audio ledger of this moment in time and people in this existence and and what's you know collectively happening so so that sort of focus and that ability to be able to not be online during that time and have a real conversation is like a big reason to do it. Cause it's like, shoot, it's like if we had this conversation, that's why I started up. Cause I was like, you know, at the beginning, right? Like, we're like, I was just like, let's just fire up the the studio. You know, I just bought a house, a new house I bought in and you just arrived and we were having a really juicy conversation. I was like, yo, let's just fire up the studio Cause then it's like, you can put out this energy and, you know, you know, put out this effort and it doesn't sure. feel like it's just two people talking into the, 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 the ether. Yeah. The, the ether of the void, you know? So, you know, there's a lot of value I see in that. And it's important because a lot of people don't really, either they don't, they don't have the luxury of having this time because this is where are we at right now? We're, Wow, we're about an hour Is that right? One second. Right. One second. Wow, yeah, we're we're about we're we're over an hour. We're like at an hour 15. We're like a good hour into this. Like most people don't have the luxury of even having an hour to have a conversation with someone. And a lot of people don't really have the motivation, you know, and or the energy to do so. Like it's, you know, like I I feel this way too. This was kind of what I was talking about earlier, which sort of means we're getting really close to wrapping this up. I think we've probably got maybe five or 10 minutes or so left. Of course, I'm not restricting you. If you have things you need to vent, you can. Right. But it's just like, it's what what I was talking, you know, getting back around to sort of the main thing. It's like, I've really felt disconnected and lethargic lately. And I'm like, Oh, like, and I keep thinking there's things wrong with me. Like I was like, Oh, I got COVID and I got, and I went tested and I didn't have COVID. And I was like, Oh, I've got sleep apnea. And when I got tested, I didn't have sleep apnea. And I was like, Oh, I've got this fucking like, uh, fucking, uh, forget what they call it. Like kidney stone on my side. And I was like, no, nope, no kidney stones. like, like I keep like getting checked out. And it's like, no, Aaron, you're, you're perfectly healthy. And I'm like not disappointed. Like I'm blessed. I'm grateful that I'm healthy, but I'm just like, like what's wrong with me? If nothing's wrong with me, (laughs) you know? And I'm just like, uh, and I'm like, I I can barely like, like people will be talking. Like I'll be having a conversation in general, like just in general, like out there in the world. And then like part, like pretty soon in the conversation, like unless it's like pretty much, unless it's a podcast, because the podcast I feel like has a purpose. Um, But pretty much, like when it's just one on one or it's just like a conversation somewhere, I'm like hanging out with somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, then Billy was doing this. And then, like, did you think the thing? And like, about fucking hour, five minutes into it, I'm just like, I don't even remember what this person's saying. And I have no cares at all what they're saying. Like, I'm completely disinterested. And it seems like a completely worthless conversation. And it all seems like cliche and unapplicable and you know it, it gets me to be like well you know none of this is really worth anything anyways and yet at the same time like with that same relation which we were talking earlier about suicide and how like suicide sucks and you know some people lately that have really been so yeah last year, on the was, last, last year was well, wait, just one second let me just finish mm-hmm. the last half of the mm-hmm. sentence and then yeah we can get in that and so basically um you know i've been sort of like you no know, it's not suicide it's not depression like i want to kill myself right like i've been there done that like it's a terrible thing like it's the, probably the worst thing you could possibly do for your soul in this entire existence but it's just like a sense of like complete meaninglessness like how that like none of this matters and that That triggers both this like sense of lethargic depression as well as a sense of like liberating sort of like optimism of being like, well, if nothing really matters that much, then instead of being like, oh, nothing matters, I'm going to be like, wow, this is great. I can live my life without being that concerned with how I am and who I am and what I'm saying and what I'm doing which is both a blessing and a curse because that's both like a liberated sort of sense of, uh, of of embodiment of Zen and non-attachment. At the same time, it can easily be perceived as the curse of like, that person doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and speaking of not giving it a fuck, let's talk about your friend's suicide attempts or whatever part of that you want to talk about.
1: So, so yeah, I, I, I personally had like quite a tough year last year. Uh, because three of my very close friends uh, tried to try to exit uh, and... Um, on, one
0: second, you want to take a sip of water before you yes. tell the story? Sure, sure. All right, let's take a sip of water. Also, guys, we'd like to take this moment to thank our non-sponsors. Uh, we, do not, uh, we do not take sponsorship and we do not promote any company for profit on this show whatsoever. Because one of the most annoying things is thinking somebody is not being genuine when, uh, in order to fulfill some sort of personal gain, whether that be financial or otherwise. So we want you to know that us here on... Sure, I'll, ha- I'll have some water after when, you know, while you're telling your story, so don't, don't worry about it too much. Um, we want you to know here that we are genuine. We speak from our heart. We are completely unfiltered. We do these podcasts because it's one of the last places where you can truly express yourself you know, as a bastion of the great pillar of freedom of speech without fear of being a uh, victim of council culture. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing and we appreciate all of you and your existence. And I really do love you and I don't mean to cheapen that because people cheapen that word love. Like, I truly mean... I love you absolutely, unconditionally, exactly as you are, and I'm sending you lots of love and blessings. And please, friends and family, do not kill yourself. And our anonymous Scandinavian friend who looks like the guy that impregnated the cult, the virgin cult woman on midsummer is going to tell us, uh, hopefully, not too emotionally traumatic story that will ideally be sprinkled with a bit of humor on the dark subject of suicide.
1: So yeah, like uh, last year was really tough for me. Like uh, I have a lot of friends who are uh, artists and like this COVID thing has especially striked hard on artists. They can like completely, anybody who's like dependent on performance in front of the people have lost their like living hood completely and gone from like a big shot nothing and that's like that's been really terrible to see and witness uh nearby and then and, and, and close and um and it led like to the point that like a few of my friends wanted to wanted to call exit exit on it and and that kind of like drained me <laughs> call it the yeah, exit to this game, or well, what is it? it like, who knows? Um, uh, yeah, uh, and, and that that was like super super draining. Like I, I I couldn't be there anymore supporting. Uh, I I had to take time for myself, uh, travel, uh, get my shit together um yeah like what could i say about more <laughs> please don't don't kill yourself like Didn't there is actually do it? uh like no nobody 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 tank can manage um uh, 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 yeah three legit ap- attempts no like real legit attempts
0: or was it like everything else in 2021 where it's just kind of like. I'm gonna try this but not really really do this like how legit were the attempts?
1: Uh, massive amount of medication to, to 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 do it, but thank god. It like did work pills. yeah, pills. Pills basically. I guess not the worst way to go. It's right. Better. It's it's a it's a peaceful way to go, but like it's yeah. Uh it doesn't work maybe for
0: well, thank god <laughs> that's the kind of that's sorry, I'm in the kitchen getting some water. That's kind of the mindfuck of suicide. You're like, "Well, maybe if I do it peacefully." But it doesn't matter how you fucking kill yourself. It's equally bad. Like the message I got from God, like, you know, was basically if you kill yourself, you're going to have to come back and everything that you were basically trying to take yourself away from by taking your own life, you have to come back and take 10 times more of. Well, like Basically, suicide is the worst freaking thing. Like, if you're suicidal or you're, like, fucking, like, want to kill yourself, do literally anything else. Go join the army. Try to be a special forces soldier. Go, you know, uh, skydiving. Become a firefighter. Like, go, you know, on some crazy travel venture.
1: Like, actually. Go extreme. Like, yeah, like, like, you have nothing to lose, right? I remember so.
0: once I was super depressed and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to organize this. I'm going to plan it. I'm going to write a will. I'm going to kill myself in, like, one month. And I was like, shoot, well, if I want to kill myself, like, there's things I need to do. So I just went out there and started doing all these things. Actually, living. And actually, after the month, like, I was totally just like, this is awesome.
1: Happiest man alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's Life like, is, like, sounds ironic, it's, it's, right? It's, but it's, like, it's okay to be suicidal, but like, like, use that force to, like, To do something extreme and like something look for those experiences that like you always dream of like hitchhike from other side of the world to the side of the world like like you have nothing to lose you know uh well
0: because that's the thing is like there's two points first of all that's why like literally living life is literally literally i don't mean literally like everyone's saying literally these days i mean really literally, (laughs) literally 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 Living life is the antithesis to dying. It's literally living. It's like absolute right. opposite. It's like, I'm going to live life. I'm going to choose life instead of death. And the second part is that, is if you're already suicidal and you're like cool with death, then it's liberating in the sense where you're like, well, the only thing that's you're really risk losing is your life. If you go do crazy things and, we're all gonna lose our life anyways, right? right? Right. Which is the third point about why suicide is so ridiculously, like, like illogical is because like, look, it's not like if you don't kill yourself, you're not gonna die, right? Like, right. It's right. not like as like in the big scheme of existence, it's like only probably a few decades difference, which is like a blip of time on the grand, you know, s- scale of time on the hourglass, right? The hourglass is that the, the, the encompasses us all right it's like so it's like might as well just like not kill yourself and like you know which you know cause horrible misery to everyone that ever loved you and basically put yourself in a position to risk having to be born again and repeat everything even worse it's like just get through it the, basically the game of life is like as long as you don't kill yourself and hopefully don't kill anybody else it's like, you get to the end, whatever the end is soon or a long ways away, and it's like, bing, congratulations. You got through life, and you're dying without having killed yourself. You win, and you get to go to the next level.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a nice thought. But I have to say, like, like uh, being born in Scandinavia, with like, where everything, everything is kind of complete for you. You have this f- track of flight planned plan for you by the society, and like... like um, it feels like a slow suicide oh jesus and 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 that's that's what motivated me to skip the university back in the early 20s and travel the world uh, do things like out of impulse like never know what's going to happen next Uh, i actually hitchhiked uh, all the islands of philippines and and uh, i tried to hitchhike from uh, Hong Kong to, to Europe. And this trip, like, of not knowing what's going to happen next was, like, eye-opening uh, and, and, like, depending on the people's kindness, like, like, putting myself out there. I learned, like, huge lessons about, like, pff, independency and, like, dependency and how great it can be and, like, uh, how happy I became, like... Well, like,
0: that's, the, that's the poetic... Nature of your existence is that the idea of death ultimately led to becoming the catalyst for you truly living your life. Right. So, fear not death, nor welcome it. Simply fear not living your life. Do not fear death, for we all die eventually. No rush. But instead, fear not living your life. That should be your concern. And honestly, you don't even have to fear that. You just go live your life and live it with love because like I've said before, those whose hearts are filled with love shall have no room for their hearts to be filled with fear. Wow, wise words. Wise words spoken. Let's uh let's let's wrap it up on that relatively intellectual note unless you've got Anything else? Anything else? Nothing else? Nothing else. Going once. Going twice. Going to wrap up yet another episode of Real Talk Stories, season two, live from Columbia. Come see me, I got a spot for you. all goody bring your friends want or roll solo remember do not fear death live your life everything is surreal and that's okay we're gonna get through it just don't kill yourself and keep it all in perspective give a shout out to me if you like if you can find a way to message me uh at real talk story. um, Or yeah, I'm out there. I'm out there uh, in the internet and in real life trying to find that balance. And hopefully you will find that balance of peace and love.